Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of what we're listening to. This is once again the uh, top five episode of, well, 2021 this time. Last year was 2020. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So we thought we'd throw our hat in the ring of all these end of year lists that all musical people with any salt do. Um, and maybe just go over some of the things that we love that we discovered this year. So it doesn't necessarily have to be mm-hmm. released this year. Um, it has to be something that we discovered. So obviously it can't have been a piece of homework that I gave Asher. Like I put Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life and something that I discovered this year, which is not true. Number um, one. <laughs> number one. It's a great album. Um, so this is kind of just us talking about our favorites as a little bonus. Um, it won't be too long. Um, we just yeah. love talking about music. And so with That's no right. further ado, Asher, you're up first. What is your number five? Number five. You've got to have a big, like, number five. Number five. So this is an album. My my number five is Screen Violence by Churches. So Mm -hmm. a couple of episodes back, I discovered that churches exist and really, (laughs) really liked this album. Yeah, I know. Everyone else knew they existed. Nobody told me. Um so they had a new album out in August of this year and I listened to it and really loved it. I only, I think the first half of this album is the best, but like if you're down for kind of like poppy synth driven music with with an accent, like we were mentioning on the Christmas episode, then this is a really great album. Mm. Um, it just really, I don't know, grabbed me. I, I said last time, like I'm not usually into really poppy stuff, but there was something about this, a good combo of really nice synthesizer sounds and great vocals and interesting lyrics and good arrangements that just kind of hit the sweet spot. So I think I'm putting very similar songs on this playlist than I did last time, but (laughs) I think it's, um, (laughs) well, that's that's still my favorite songs. I think it's like the first, yeah, first two tracks and then uh, Good Girls. Uh, so yeah, um, I don't remember all the names of them, but like they're just brilliant. I just really like this one. Yeah. So number five for me, definitely. Uh, did you? Are we gonna? Did you want to comment on it at all? Sure. I mean, I, guess I, was, I, was, I was a little surprised to see you so high on your list. Um, I have listened uh, to this a lot since that review too. Yeah, fair enough. I guess I didn't know that. <laughs> I um, it doesn't strike me as the most. Um, I don't know, <laughs> interesting output of like the synth pop variety. Yeah. Um, but I, well, what I mean, would, what would you classify as like a synth pop artist that you really like? I mean, I don't really, too. I don't really know. This is more your bag, but like compared to last year, um, you talked a lot about um, Sylvanesso and they're like, yeah, I think a similar, not quite as poppy, like kind of, um circumstance but still i think more interesting in their like diverse instrumentation and rhythms and songwriting mm. comparative to um churches a little bit i, I don't mind oh, churches. i'm, I'm just yeah. kind of surprised to see this that you love this so much but you know you're allowed to well you're you're 100 <laughs> right i agree that sylvanesso is more interesting it's just interesting like i've tried to kind of this year let my myself kind of follow my interests even if it's not something that I'm not typically used to or I don't typically listen to um 
I think, uh, yeah, I think that there was just something about this that was captivating. I, I know I've chatted to people and they're like, it's not their best album. Like, I, I think I know that, but you know, when <laughs> albums kind of meet you at the right time and you just, I don't them, care. So. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've just learned, uh, I think you've also, you've also taught me this a bit that, um, that you don't necessarily have to go, oh, this genre is off limits. I don't really like anything from this genre. It's yeah, like, absolutely. If it, there's a good song, you know, am I going to reveal what your uh, guilty pleasure is in the world of Lady Gaga? <laughs> <laughs> Never talk about um, that again. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but like, you know, it's nice to kind of uh, dabble in something that's a little bit different every now and then. And so I was yeah. like, yeah, no, this, I think fair. this is going to make the top five. I almost bought it on vinyl the other day. Um, oh. But but like I said, the back half of the album is just a little bit boring, so I'd just probably play side A all the time <laughs> and never get there. And uh, Australian vinyl is expensive. so Yes, yeah. very true. What was your uh, number five? Yes, uh, my number five, um, we just talked about it the other week, uh, by the band Dijon, the album mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um yeah, this album was a bit of a surprise. I kind of found it by accident. And um, it, it covers a very interesting intersection musically for me of being like the new kind of Frank Ocean R&B with like Bonnie Vare mm. um, kind of alternative production and then like old cowboy songs, um, which made a very interesting intersection, which I yeah. found fascinating and appealed to me in strange ways. Um so this is a great first record that I have been absolutely adoring and kind of made me excited to see what kind of other projects would either come from this band or artists like him in this kind of new musical sphere where all these things are kind of smashed together. Um, hmm. Yeah, i just been loving Dijon. Um, I'm going to try and see them when they come here next year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be a really good show, I think. Nice. Yeah. You've got a lot of gigs lined up for next year, don't you? I do. Um, <laughs> a lot of bands are coming to Vancouver for pretty cheap because they just want to get out and play at the moment. So hopefully nothing shuts yeah. down again. But um, Yeah, uh, Dijon, I think, um, yeah, I think I just really like the kind of, the kind of uh, creative blending that really just appeals to me a lot. Um, yeah. 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 No, and it, you're right. We, I was listening back to the episode that we just put out um, where you talked about this and it is really cool when you're crossing these different genres, like, you know, you've got the folky sort of Bonnie Ver type thing with the R and B hip hop sort of almost bluesy sometimes. Mm. I, look, this is again, not a genre that I know a lot about, but <laughs> it is, int- it is hard to place this kind of music. And I like music that's difficult to kind of pigeonhole or like box or something. Um, yeah. So, is pigeonhole a word in North America for like? No, nah, it's fine. <laughs> we, put, we put pigeons in holes everywhere around the world. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, I like number four. I liked that it was difficult. <laughs> liked that it was difficult to understand the context, and that kind of rocks you for like, oh, this is really genuinely different. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, number four. Number four. So my number four, 
uh, I was actually discussing this with my wife and she told me to change my number four. And then you, <laughs> did told, you told me to change my number four as well. She insisted that, and she was correct, in that my number four was Woman on the Internet by Orla Gartland. Mm. She was like, you were talking about that album for ages. And I, I was, it's true. Good so, change. Good change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, this album is, uh, I reviewed a couple of episodes back. Orla Gartland is an Irish singer-songwriter who I have kind of kept an eye on for a while. Um, her music has been around the traps on SoundCloud and that sort of thing. This is her debut album and it seems to have done really well. Like at the time we talked about it, it was charting really high and she's been on tour and she's had like a lot of attention. So mm. this album has been really great. It's got tight band sounds. It's got a great vocal performance. It's got fascinating lyrics. She's got a great accent as well, although she's probably a little bit she's on erring on the side of not too much Irish accent compared to like other other bands that you enjoy. Um, and I I just think that she's put out a killer of a debut album. Um, I still get songs like um, uh, the one which has the, you know, woman on the internet, more like you. Um, yeah. That's a brilliant song. And that EP that she put out, which had four songs, really drew me in. So I have really enjoyed this album and I now I'm looking as I've been looking back over these I'm like oh I need to listen to that more I've been distracted by many other things so yeah, yeah. All, all true I think this is a, a fantastic debut record um mm. from a from a DIY indie artist it's um yeah it's really special and it's not kind of I don't know this is gonna sound um <clears throat> bad but uh, I think it's really approachable in terms of um it's content about being a woman on the internet. Um, so many people take the approach to trying to make subjects like this um, restrictive or like uh, content that cuts people out. Rather, this is trying to appeal and, um, and broaden in order to talk about the issues. And I think it's really well done both musically and thematically to make mm. sure um, those kind of things get across. I think it's really well yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're a great songwriter, you'll appeal to audiences um, no matter what. Like mm. I've, I've found that this has kind of been the year of female artists. Um, there are, I mean, you'll see that four out of the five on this list are female artists and there <laughs> has just been some fantastic writers out there that have written stuff which I've really, really enjoyed listening to. So, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it too. Absolutely fair. What's your number four? Um, my number four, Squid. Um, sorry, I just like oh, saying yes. the name with an exclamation point, <laughs> even though it's not there, I feel like. Um, Bright Green Field from the band Squid. Um, yeah, I think this album grew on me a lot over the year, actually. Um, when I first listened mm. to it, I was kind of like, yeah, this is interesting, but not overall that great. But as kind of time went on, I gave it more and more listens, bought it on vinyl, and then listened to it a lot more. Um, I think it's I think it's really great. I love this band. Um, mm. I think it's it's a great take on a lot of like uh, '80s like post punk alternative foundations, um, and then they just kind of build upon them in really interesting ways. But like the compositions are like they're pretty they're complex but not complicated. Um, the rhythms are really like they drive really hard and they keep everything 
put together um, while, you know, Ollie sings kind of scream vocals on the drum kit. Um, it's just really, it's just really great. Like I just listen to this record mm. and I have a smile on my face the whole time. Um, mm. It's got such character behind it. Um, yeah. Um, it's a phenomenal album. And I, I sometimes I've forgotten that this happened and I reviewed it. And I was mad about this and I, I still think it's a brilliant album. It didn't actually get on my top five because I just didn't feel like I was uh, listening to it as much as these other albums. Yeah. But when I heard you were doing it, I'm like, I don't feel so bad. I can still talk about it and still say how much of an amazing album it is. And I mean, narrator was just an epic song for me and even things like, um, is it paddling and, um, yeah, yeah, there were just some killers, even GSK, these songs still stick with me as like, oh, that's an excellent example of this or like they did this and that's such a standout like musical thing. And the fact that the, the vocals are so kind of wild and unhinged, (laughs) I've been, yeah, watching little live clips that they've put on their socials and it's just fantastic to see what they do live. So yeah, yeah. um, yeah. very cool. Squid. Uh, Number three. This is going to be a great playlist. It is. Number three. So my number three is Color Theory by Soccer Mummy. Um, now, I listened to this album again today just as I was kind of doing stuff around the house and thinking about this podcast that we're recording. And it's a very good album. I think not... I don't love every track on this, um, but the tracks I do love are strong enough to kind of put it up here at number three. Um mm. Bloodstream is like one of my most favorite songs from this year. It's just perfect tempo, great vocal delivery. I mean, she's, I was thinking about today, how do you like make an album sound like it was written in like 2001? I'm just, I don't quite understand what she's done (laughs) production wise with her producers or the way she's written songs, but she somehow got inside the mind of someone living in the, the turn of the millennium. Is it the millennium? Yeah. And kind of rewritten these this album that kind of sounds like that. The first three tracks, so Bloodstream and then Circle the Drain and uh, Royal Screw Up are just, he's very unsettlingly sad but beautiful songs. I don't know. I just love them. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, very nostalgic. So did did this gel with you as much? I think you enjoyed a bit. I did. I must admit to have not had listened to it since uh, we mm-hmm. reviewed it. Um, I do enjoy that kind of, um, yeah, like nostalgia pop kind of driven stuff. That's kind of where I place um, stuff from like a current age or... Um, What's that other bands? Um, Snail Mail. Zune. Like these, like these kind of like uh, these bands that manage to, or artists that manage to kind of um, bring you back to a different time period, I think, are really clever. And mm. um, yeah, I, I kind of wish I had listened to more of her at this point to be able to comment on it. But from what I remember, cool. um, she did a great job at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you also liked Royal Screw Up. It's the one that's like acoustic for most of the song and then it kind of comes in with the band. 
Yeah, but it's true. like I think I mentioned at the time. It's kind of like power chords on an acoustic. It's almost that feel of where is my mind sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Really like <laughs> not very beautiful acoustic. It's not like big open strumming chords. It's like I'm a rock musician playing a song on an acoustic. So just yeah. quite interesting. Um, but yeah, definitely check out this album. This is the listeners I'm talking to. Um, check out this album. It's a pretty amazing one. So yeah. Um, are we, sorry. Yeah. What is your number three? That's what we're up to. <laughs> yes. Uh, my number three, um, uh, is, uh, fiddleheads, uh, in between the richness. Um, uh, yes. I, uh, my love for Fiddlehead, uh, still knows no bounds. Um, I think this band, um, manages to walk a very fine line of being like thoroughly emotional, um, with concepts like, you know, loss and grief without being like maudlin or depressing. Um, Mm. and that kind of puts it in this weird place where you listen to this album and it invigorates you um, to go through these emotions. And I just love um, their music. Like the drums and the rhythms and the singing are so great. Um, I've been watching, you know, live clips off of YouTube or off of Twitter of these guys playing. And I'm so jealous every single time. Like the 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 gigs seem to be so much fun. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, like, like people are just screaming and like crowd diving for like 40 minutes solid it's so great um it was their gigs that got them big wasn't it yeah they kind of they kind of broke through the scene that way um Mm. so i i don't know i wish more people knew about fiddlehead and love them as much as i do i think um it's rare for a band to be able to kind of write emotion into music this way um um it's really personal and i think that that makes it really special in some ways um yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, it's when you kind of, the veneer is very different than the content, but they somehow also match really well. It's not yes. It's not like a, it's not um, an opposition, it's more of a juxtaposition sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that's good. I must confess, like with Soccer Mummy, I haven't listened to much Fiddlehead since, <laughs> um, since you reviewed them, but I remember what you meant by that poignant sort of songwriting and lyric. Uh, with this kind of really great sort of punk rock um, instrumentation. Oh, it's so cleansing. It's like going to a sauna. I love listening to the record. Um, <laughs> all right, number two. Number two. I also listened to this one this morning. I've listened to a bit <laughs> of music today. Um, my number two is American Four Square by Denison Whitmer. Mm. Um, now, Denison Whitmer is, as I mentioned before, kind of an asthmatic kitty. Uh, oh, no, he's on Asthmatic Kitty for this record, but he's also worked with people like Sufjan and Rosie Thomas and that sort of thing. Um, I gushed about this album when I reviewed it. It's For me, this album connected really on a lyrical level and I appreciated kind of um, interesting, like we were talking about um, lyrics. I often resonate more with female singer-songwriter lyrics than male. Mm. Um, and But this was uh, a male singer-songwriter that I found lyrics that I really appreciated and that I felt were very much from the heart and kind of 
um, very honest, but like not oversharing. And I just appreciated it. I thought it was a really honest and beautiful album. And the production is gorgeous. And there are, I've put a couple of songs on here um, on the playlist that are my favorites. And they're just, they're just very beautiful. I think it's Birds of Virginia, Robin and uh, San Francisco. They're just gorgeous to listen to. Yeah. And there's a warmth about this album that, I don't know, this year I've kind of gotten into a lot of singer-songwriter stuff and I've just really appreciated this warmth um, that comes across to these beautiful acoustic recordings and things like that. Yeah, I remember you talking about this record um, and kind of like the mundaneity, I don't know, that's not a word, like the mundaneness about some like of the, the, <laughs> like the lyrical content is very ordinary. Um, yeah, yeah. About like life and being married and having a kid and yeah, um, that's right. Like I think that's like interesting and fine. Like so often, um, music is like grandiose and you know everything is either like the most tragic love story or like whatever you know. Um, yeah, yeah. That it's fine to have I took a grenade for you or something. <laughs> Catch a grenade? I can't remember what the phrase is. <laughs> I was not expecting you to quote Bruno song. Mars. Okay. <laughs> I should be listening to Bruno Mars today, I learned. Um, oh, all the time, man. All the yeah. time. But yeah, I think it kind of is endearing about this kind of music, which is something you can get away with, I guess, being a um, an independent artist or an independent label artist. Um, yeah. And that's kind of appealing about it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like even the Ameri- uh, the name of the album American Foursquare is just the name of the type of house that he bought when him and his wife mm. moved out of the city into the countryside. And he's talking about in that song like, oh, like my brother lives just a couple of blocks down and there's a park that we go to. This is very simple. Like he's he literally went into woodworking when he kind of moved out of the city and kind of stopped doing music for a while. So like this album kind of feels very... Um, kind of hands-on, sort of very honest day's work without it being a bit too, like, masculine, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. What was your number two? Uh, Yes, my number two, um, I think for the first time, this is... uh, This is an album Asher gave me this year, um, which is Vic Thrill's Bollywood Hula Bard. Um, I feel very proud about this one. Yes, um, as you should. so this record and my number one, um, not to put the cart before the horse, share a number of uh, features, um, primarily being a very clever um, blending, recontextualizing of um, kind of alternative and folk stuff with another um, uh, another musical tradition. Um, so in this mm-hmm. case, the blending of like East Indian musical stuff um with Vic Thrill's background of like alt folk music um mm-hmm. and uh it's so cleverly done um i think um like i said when we reviewed this you could make this album and it would be really cheap or it would be really um just kind of paying service but actually um it's it's so integrated into the music and the theme of the record that at least to me, it comes off as um, something genuine, something creative, and something lovely to listen to. Um, Mm. And not every track on this is amazing. Some of them are kind of misses for me. 
Um, but I think it's so consistent in its theming and the shining moments are so shiny that uh, it makes up for it, I think. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I've been going through this album so many times since you given it to me. I love um, pieces of it to death. And I have yet to explore Vic Thrill's other work, but I imagine that I will at some point because of this record. Mm. Um, it's so great. Yeah. It's such an interesting album. Like, yeah, you're right. These like um, East Indian influences. He doesn't do it in a bad way though. Um, mm. And for me, it, it feels like, you know, in the same way um, we were talking last episode about the Bells of Dublin and how that yeah. feels like a close room sort of thing. I often feel like with Vic Thrill's music that you're kind of with him in this small like club or bar and he's singing these songs and he's like belting it out over the top of the mic, you know, and it's just it's very human and very raw and acoustic even though he's got all these like electronic kind of multi-layered stuff on top of it it yeah. still feels like a folk song underneath and a really good one so yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it so much yeah i'm thankful you showed it for me once again i'm very sad that it's not on spotify so it can't be part of the uh, i know the playlist, playlist again um well, but well i just have to tweet him spam him with some tweets from all of our accounts vic thrill who's i'm sure very active on twitter um <laughs> i don't think he is at all <laughs> yes uh i guess we'll do honorable mentions before number one yes yeah let's do that i'll start with mine okay nick lutzko so i was very obsessed with the the musical jovialities of nick lutzko i've chucked <laughs> one song on the playlist he is a lot of fun and possibly insane um uh, Josh said, I can't review this one. Tomorrow's two and three, which is right because, um, to be honest, I did enjoy Orla more than these these albums, but I wanted to say that Tomorrow's two and three, which came out this year, had some very lovely tracks on them. You can't so, review because you had them on the top five of last year. <laughs> but I only had Tomorrow's one on the top five of last year. <laughs> hey, the same it's our podcast. We can write the rules. Um <laughs> My third, and we can probably both do this, is Indian Runner um, mm. or Indian Run. Uh, I've I've put Mold on the playlist and you might put the same song. Um, I do love that song. Um, I'm about to say, yeah. I do love Mold. That is not... <laughs> um, M-O-L-D, yeah. not M-O-U-L-D. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think but, uh, great moments but not quite enough. Uh, kind of leaves me wanting some more from him. Hopefully he'll put yeah. out another album one day. Yeah, I think he's putting out an EP or just smaller singles at the moment. But, yeah, we're both looking forward to more from this guy. Yes. Uh, and Laura Stevenson. Um, I didn't really get the whole album with this, but her moving cars on this is a very, very beautiful song. So I've chucked that on the playlist, but I wanted to mention her too. Um, and your honourable mentions. Yes, so not including Indian Run, which I also had. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Bartiz Strange, um, who put out an album earlier this year, um, mm-hmm. which I liked a lot, but I don't think I listened to enough. I didn't keep coming back to it. I think if I had, it would be on the list because um, I, I remember enjoying it a lot. Um, I just think I got distracted with other stuff because I, I think, I don't know, I've been keeping track of Bartiz and he's been doing really well playing like you know, Madison Square Garden and touring for Courtney Barnett mm. and all this kind of stuff. Like he's been doing really well. 
which I'm very happy for. Um, but I think um, I need to give more time to this record for it to be higher on the list. Um, sure, yeah. And then uh, Breacha Campbell, um, who is a Scottish bagpipist. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, great I'm piping. struggling to remember. Uh, yeah, I, I love this album, The Pieces. I don't think it's enough, like, musically mm. to kind of be high on this list for me, but um, not a guilty pleasure, but something that I definitely enjoy and maybe not many other people do, but kind of um, obscure Scottish piping. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly is uh, Donda from Kanye West. Um, this album has been growing on me. I've been giving it more time um, to kind of go through it. I still think it's thoroughly unfinished, some parts of it. Um, it's like a, a unpolished gem is how I would put it. There's like, hmm. you look at it in some some light and some parts of it are really great. And you look at it in others, and you're like, this is really weird. And I think you could do better. So that's kind of what I feel about Donda. <laughs> Just tweet him, you could do better. <laughs> Kanye, you could do better. Donda. That, he'd he'd Donda, probably Donda. reply to that, to be to be fair. He'd send something terrible uh, what would to he me. Say? I don't yeah. know. Anyway, that's the audible mentions. So time for number one. Number one. Okay. Um, now, if, if you've... Let's... Uh, paid attention to my socials for maybe one day <laughs> you probably would have noticed that i liked the album a common turn by <gasps> anna b savage sure that's probably an understatement now um i don't want to kind of blow it too hard like and say this is this is the most amazing album ever but this album is my top <laughs> album of this year it is it is really something been something that i've come back to often um i got it on vinyl i have listened to this many times and there's something about this album that has kind of captivated me. I think it might be her voice with these very raw lyrics and incredible production. I think there's just, there's nothing about this album that I can necessarily fault her on. She's just done a fantastic job from start to finish. I appreciate yeah. pretty much every track on this album. Um, and the thing that really hooked me in was like this combo of electronica and acoustic. And she's, taken bold steps musically like these songs aren't typical and they are often have interesting song structures to them they're not just verse chorus verse chorus kind of thing there's these strange halves and things that happen and so uh, yeah it's just it's so fascinating to listen to this album and Mm. this will remain one of my favorite albums (laughs) for a long while (laughs) Yeah, I could I could have guessed this was coming a mile away. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, I must admit too, I've never. I think this. Um, I think Anna B. Savage's work kind of lives or falls in whether or not you get behind her vocal performance. Yeah, um, that's fair. And it's still not my favorite thing in the world. Um, mm. But I will say a hundred percent, the songwriting is exceedingly clever. The production is great. Um, yeah, it's more of a personal taste thing, but I have yeah. all the all the all the appreciation in the world for what she's managed to put together. It's a great album still. Yeah. And congrats to her for winning a grant to do album number 2 as well. 
Heck yes. She, um, I've forgotten what it's called, but uh, she's very excited about that. And so I am looking forward to things from her in the future. <laughs> um, I will just add in there, um, I sent through a clip to you where the, is it the trumpet player from Squid and Anna B. Savage and, um, and the guitarist uh, and the guy who produced Anna's album, I think is playing guitar and they cover a Radiohead song. Yes. Was it Nude or was it? Uh, yeah, it was Nude. Yeah. Nude. Did you did you like that? Uh, <laughs> Maybe don't say that. I no thought comment. it was very cool. <laughs> no comment. Anyway, I'm, I'm, she's I'm just not the, doing cool things. I'm not the biggest cover person to begin with, so that's what I'll say about that. Let alone Radiohead, Josh. Don't <laughs> let anyone touch the, the holy grail. <laughs> anyway, I've really enjoyed Anna B. Savage as a commentator, and if you listen to none of, of this list of mine, check out her stuff. Over to you, Josh. Uh, yes. Uh, my number one um, is from uh, John Francis Flynn, um, mm-hmm. his debut album, I Will Not Live Always. Um, I think this record is top for me for a couple reasons, other than the fact that I've listened to it a bunch. Um, it's probably the most unique blend of stuff that I've come across this year of like jazz, mm-hmm. traditional, ambient um kind of this mishmash of folk music um that's done in a way where it doesn't uh fall apart at the seams it's really well put together um and then second is the kind of faithful um reconstruction of these old trad pieces into like a new form of folk music without losing their original meaning but kind of re Mm bringing them to a new place and um yeah uh, uh, mr flynn um has just kind of really held my attention since i first heard his stuff and this album did not disappoint when it came out um i just keep coming back to it over and over again um yeah in my it, to me in my years this is kind of just a real thing of beauty that i've just been listening to a ton this year um yeah it kind of captures the beautiful wistfulness of like Irish music along with kind of the dark corners um, lyrically and musically that exist there still. Um, so I really hope he keeps making music because um, this album alone is enough for me to be a fan for life. So I'll see where he goes from here kind of thing. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. I agree. I, this album, like I mentioned it two episodes ago, um, Lovely Joan, I re-listened to that album and um, was showing some friends just the craziness of that, like the timing of that song, his voice, and then all the other instrumentation around it and the strings. It's just, it's incredible work of art. It's mm. just amazing. So, yeah, that, that album floored me when I heard it. Uh, that's all right. That's everything. That's it. That's our top five of 2021. Um, so we hope that you've really enjoyed 2021 with what we're listening to. It's been a really um, enjoyable year of chatting. I know it's been a bit of a crazy hard year. like, <laughs> um, And so hopefully some music has brought you joy. I know it has brought me a lot of joy yes. um, when things are busy and dreary and hard. So um, we hope that you rest well in the beginning of the year and maybe enjoy listening to these songs and um, and please send us stuff. We're looking forward to doing more things next year and chatting more about music. So 
you know, keep in touch. Uh, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break uh, over January. Um, I am just going to be chilling and Josh will probably be doing the same. Um, and we look forward to seeing you uh, sometime a little after January. So hope you do well and we'll see you next time. Please check us out on socials, you know, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, give us a rating on podcasts if you can. And yeah, thanks so much. And I'll see you later, Josh. See you, mate. Bye. Bye.